Welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your unofficial guide to independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jerry J. Alcock, and along with Charlie Butter. Charlie! Is it thundering where you're at? It sure sounds like it, but it's like almost completely clear in the sky, so I don't know what's going on. The pitter-patter of children. I've only got the one, and he's not in the room, so I... Oh well. I don't I don't know. <laughs> oh my. Oh man, so we got lots to to cover this week, so uh let's jump into some news. Uh, looks like Delph Pro will be joining Sendai Girls and Pro Wrestling Heat Up uh as they continue to expand their Japanese programming lineup. Also Pure J will debut on the service later this month. So, and freedom starts this month. So that'll be a a big, uh, big invasion of Japanese wrestling, which is exciting. So, yeah. And I know some people are probably listening, going, I don't never heard of any of the company. Well, learn them, watch them. We'll be covering them them, at some point. We'll be covering most of these. So, uh, at least, at least one show. So, you know, we'll, uh, We'll let you know when that'll happen, but yeah, there's there's adding even more stuff to watch, so it's just uh, adding to the stack. I mean, we've said it before on this show, but if you can't find something on this service that you want to watch and that you're that, that night you're into, should I pull Chris Jericho and say you have no goal, or do I do I do I not go that far? Well, let's not mention Jericho. Okay. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, I guess that does it for news. That's just a little bit of news. That's what we got going on this week. Uh, So I guess we could jump into what's on IWTV this week. Well, actually, uh, if you don't mind, real quick before we do that, apparently Game Changer is doing a show with fans in a couple weeks here. I'll believe it when I see it, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay, well, tentatively at least... They post on their social media that they've got a show at the White River State Park in Indianapolis on June 20th. Like an outdoor show. They're going to have, yeah, ring tight, can you cut like 50% general mission, supposed to be standing room only. They, they're going to provide fake math and social distancing and all that happy fun stuff, allegedly. Cool. I want to go stand somewhere outside for three hours and pay to do it. Neat. <laughs> you know, for live wrestling right now, I would con- at least consider it. Whether I do it or not, it'd be another matter entirely. But I would at least consider it. I mean, you can't you can't bring your own fucking camping chairs. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Standing room only. Get out of my face. Yeah, well, well, I don't know. Maybe you can. I don't know. I haven't talked to the promoter directly yet. So. Oh, you're gonna do that? You're gonna get some inside info from the promoter? No, probably not, but I don't care that much. <laughs> it, it's, not a, it's not a show that I can go to, so I really don't care. Oh, you don't want to spend 14 hours in the car to go to Indianapolis? Not I've, done on... it, I've done it once. <laughs> <laughs> with a bad back, with my back out of place, my lower back. Uh, yeah, are... not fun. But it was, uh, well, it was fun, but it, it the... the my, the back being out of place was not fun, but the the trip itself was fun. It's always fun. So, 
Yeah, I don't necessarily mind going to Indy for for a wrestling show, but we have, there's no announced matches or anything like that yet either. Like, I'm not going to just, especially on three week note, and hop in a car and drive to Indy for a wrestling show that I don't have any idea what's on it. All right. Well, now I'm going to tell you what's on IWTV this week. <laughs> Oh, Jayhawk, what am I going to do with you? So starting, you're going to you're going to put up with me because you want to keep doing the podcast. But oh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, damn well, when directly with fans dark up in Ohio again, you and I are going to be are going to be at that first show. Steve Guy going to get the fucking Road Warrior pop just for walking into the belt. You're walking into the ring. Everybody's going to get a welcome back chance. I hope not. I hope none of that happens. I hope we just have a wrestling show. Steve Guy will get the Road Warrior pop, and I agree <laughs> with you on the Welcome Back champ. Yeah, don't even put that out into the universe. What's wrong with you? Anyway, what's on IWTV this week? Back on track again for the third time. <laughs> Starting Tuesday at 7 a.m. in the morning, Eastern Standard Time. Freedoms. Youngdom's Pro Wrestling 4, followed by Game Changer Wrestling, The Art of War 2020. That's 7 a.m. Because it's going to air at 8 p.m. in Japan. Also, Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, H2O Underground will be premiering. As of right now, neither of us have any idea what that is, but... We're excited that there's a new wrestling company debuting on IWTV. Oh, H2O does have some on-demand content on there, but I don't know what the H2O Underground concept is. Underground wrestling. Figure it out. <laughs> so it's like kind of, kind of the Underground Pro, but not... That how we're maybe coming. I don't know. Maybe you tell me. <laughs> Let's get into our <laughs> review this week. All right, and we are going to Black Label Pro. Black Label Pro Jar of Fly. Easy for you to say. Mar- yeah, right. March tenth, twenty eighteen. From the On the Square Sport Auditorium in Crown Point, Indiana. Somehow I wrote Crown Point, Illinois, and I looked at it and I'm like, that's not right. Yeah, no, that's definitely not right. No. But I knew what we were doing. Blind Coral Fight and Acorn once in a while. Mm hmm. We opened with a four way match Shane Caber versus Mark Wheeler versus Fake Monkey. First, just leave a bait. So, before Faith Pirate were a thing, at least in Black Label Pro. Yes. There was a bunch of monkey. There was a bunch of monkey business in this match. Yeah, there were there were bananas being eaten, people flipping on banana peel, literally. This match opened kind of awkwardly, but they announced it like a four way, and then the three the and then the three guy start fighting anyway, there's no bell, and then leave a bait come out, oh, I got a four-way anyway. And then there's still no opening bell. 
Leave a bait clearing the ring early on. Bait monkey comes in, sharing a banana with her. Yeah. Gaber and Wheeler start to work as a team to clear the ring, which doesn't last very long. Match breaks down. Leave a bait. Eat a nice triple super kick late in the match. The wind up being bait monkey. You can get tail whip on Wheeler and getting the pin. Don't know how long the match went, but I was still waiting for an opening bell. That's was fine. I can call it opener. A little bit of comedy. Some good wrestling. Some good spots. I was okay with it. Okay. At what point do you want to start talking about the commentary? I was going to ignore it altogether, but go right ahead since you brought it up. I absolutely hated the commentary. That's all I have to say about it. I like the new commentary team that we have now in Black Label Pro. Sarah Shockey and Dave Prezak. I think they're amazing. And they are a very solid team to have for the product that Black Label Pro uses. Did not care for Greg Iron and whoever the other gentleman was. Nick somebody. I couldn't catch the last name. Yeah, so I wasn't a big fan. Um, Nothing against... Them, I just didn't care for what they brought to the table. Uh, I've heard worse commentary teams, but uh, yeah, so there's that. Um, what was the second match? Uh, the second match wound up being the Carney against AJ Gray and Matt Warner. This was freaking fun, I enjoyed this one a lot. I, I, I didn't take you as a, a guy that enjoyed when another man spit in the air and another man caught it in his mouth. Oh, that was absolutely fucking disgusting, and I, I did write that down. But but, but you uh, said that you enjoyed it, so I I uh, the match was the match was just under fifteen minutes. I enjoyed thirteen minutes of it. I'm going to call that a win. <laughs> Matt Warner, B. Matt Warner, he actually faked a dive to do the eye poke. I love that spot. He doesn't like this almost is, every match. This is young Mance Warner too. This is this yeah. is well, this isn't uh, blue jeans Mance Warner. This is just singlet Mance Warner. Yeah, yeah, but he was still. But that that's a spot he already had in the repertoire. I pop for that every time, and I shouldn't. But I think I should think it's stupid, but I love it. Uh, Mance played the fake imperial, got beat up most of the match. Did finally make the hot tag to AJ Gray. Match eventually does break down. Like all tag team matches seem to do these days. AJ Gray and Man Corner three sandwich lariat to carry awful, leading to a leading to a double team pin at yeah at, at fourteen minutes and thirty six seconds. Yeah, one once we got past the uh, loogie in the air, caught in the mouth stuff. It was really good. Looks really good tag team action. Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. Uh, I like Man Warner and AJ Gray as a tag team. Uh, both dudes employ lariats, so I like that the finish employed lariats. Uh, good stuff. From there, we go to Kobe Dirk against Eric Ryan. Yeah, I didn't actually write a lot of notes on this one, but I I, I did enjoy this a lot. You had an established fake and an established heel in this one, which was nice. Eric Ryan yeah. being a clear heel, Dirk being a clear baby fake. I enjoyed that enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, Eric Ryan very much uh, did not like the children that were there in attendance for their birthday party. No. Which I thought was pretty fun. 
Yeah. Ryan dominate most of the matchup with, you know, with a heelish tactic. Dirk gets four or five near falls during the comeback. Get the pin with a flying code breaker at about 9.07. Good stuff. Yeah, uh, this was, uh, again, this because this is from like 2018, a lot of these guys have really come into their own in the last uh, two years. So to go back and kind of see where they were at at this point in time was really fun. Uh, Kobe Durst like ended up turning heel and becoming a really, really great heel in Black Label Pro uh, and was their world champion for a while, feuding with... Um, Wow, I, I can picture his face, but I cannot remember his name. Hold on a second. Ethan Page, that's who I was thinking of. Uh, so, yeah, uh, they had a hell of a feud. Um, my first show when I went to Black Label Pro was Ethan Page and Kobe Durst in the main event for the Black Label Pro title. And it was a hell of a match. And uh, I'll never forget that. There was some really, just really fun, great stuff. And one of the best parts of IWTV was they wrestled outside, so we couldn't see what was going on because we were on the other side of the gym. So I literally brought it up on my phone, and then all of us on my side uh, just huddled around me, and we watched it on my phone, what was going on outside. There was, like, a two-minute delay, but, like, it was pretty cool to see. Like, we could just put that on, see what was going on outside, uh, since we couldn't all squeeze out there to in the parking lot to watch the show. So that was pretty fun. Uh, back to the match itself, though. Uh, Eric Ryan's always great, and Kobe Durst, these two actually had some pretty decent chemistry. Uh, I really liked that Kobe Durst uh, was using that running forearm from the corner. He did like seven of them before like Ryan finally figured out to counter it. Uh, the finish with the code breaker off the top was pretty sweet. Uh, overall, it was a fun, like quick little sprint of a match. Uh, it was pretty fun. All right, well, if you brought up guys who have come into their own over the last two years, bring it to our next match. And a jock. <laughs> It is Josh Briggs against the man we now know as Warhorse, Jake Parnell. Because right when he's starting the Warhorse gimmick, he hasn't really fine-tuned it yet. Right, and this was actually six months post his uh, injury that ripped his face open. Um, six months? No, six weeks. I'm sorry, six weeks. Uh, like So, I mean, like a month and a half. Which led to the only good part of Gregory Iron commentary uh, and the entire show. We talked about, I don't like guys who are disfigured. Yeah. Uh... That was like the only, th- the only thing Greg Iron and the entire thing would try and be, when he would try and He had a couple moments. He had a couple moments that made me go, all right, that was all right. But like, I just, I did not care for the commentary. I, but like, he had a few moments that kind of was like, all right, that wasn't terrible. Uh, this match again was I felt like another sprint. It was a uh, big guy versus uh, medium sized guy, and it wasn't bad. Yeah, Parno got caught on a dive early on. Yeah, which yeah yeah which led to led to him having to fight from underneath for most of the matchup. Uh, there was a spot where he was going to come in, where he was on the apron, looked like he was going to springboard in off the top, he just got kicked off the apron to the floor. Yeah, yeah. Brink dominate a good portion of the match. Get the win with the choke breaker in about ten minutes. I call that choke breaker. Knowing Nick Gage in the main event, go on. Did Nick Gage like choke a motherfucker in the back? Or... It was a completely different move. Look a different version of it, yes, yeah, but 
completely different move. Choke slam into a double knee backcracker. It's completely different than a bring them down across your knee that's planted like a backbreaker. I don't know. I wouldn't even put it in the same class, but uh, I mean, if you want to make that comparison, I guess. I mean, Roderick Strong did 48 ver- different versions of the backbreaker. In the end, they're all backbreakers. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad to know that you are recording this week's episode out by the highway that was in Pet Cemetery. <laughs> I, I record this show in the game room every week. I happen to have the window open this week because it's a little warm in the room. But I am apparently close enough to the road you can hear every single fucking vehicle packing. Which and I could hear birds chirping before we started. So <laughs> That's why I was like, are you recording outside today? I know it's nice and you want to hang out outside, but for everybody well, that was else's not my intention sanity. at any rate. For everybody else's sanity. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was next? <laughs> okay, go. Uh, a couple other, a couple other guys will come a long way in a couple years. In a tag team matchup, it is the Millennial Danny Adams teaming with former WWF star The Warlord against Kevin Koo and Percy Davis. Or Danny Adams gets now Dan the Dad, which is a much better fucking gimmick. I'm not gonna lie there. We've Meh. seen Kevin Koo we seen Kevin Koo come a long way over the last couple of years as well. Yes, now part of Violence is Forever with Dominic Garini. Yes. Okay, so they actually built the story around the fact that Koo and Davis want to keep Adam in the ring and keep the Warlord out of it, and they don't want to fight the Warlord. Like, yes. Fact, War- yeah. Warlord actually comes in his first tag into the match. He's already standing in the ring when they make the tag, which commentary called them out on, which I actually appreciated. One of the rare good moments on commentary in this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it winds up being Percy Davis being the guy that's that taking all the heat for the hot tag. Warlord begins to you know, brawl with Davis on the floor. That leads to Koo hitting Adam with a like a spinning torture rack slam. That's the best way I can word it to get the pin. After the match, Danny Adams is yelling at the Warlord, shoves him, and he ends up getting beat up by the Warlord and Kevin Koo. Uh, the move you're looking for is the spinning alpha mare water slide. Uh, that's actually a move that Cesaro used to do. Okay. And uh, yeah, so little, little little that was one thing uh, too. I will point out that Gregory Iron did know the name of the moves uh, that the other guy d- knew enough, but he couldn't call on the fly. And Gregory had to correct him a couple times or try to like he called a palm strike like a Mortal Kombat move, and Gregory kind of just laughed at him and was like, "What are they five? Like it's a <laughs> palm strike? Like what the hell?" So. Yeah, there was uh, there was some moments like that. Uh, overall, it was uh, an okay tag. Like I didn't. It was whatever. I don't know. I I, I liked uh, I liked the finish, but I didn't. It's just a tag match. I don't know. I didn't feel anything special. I mean, I really can't stand with a fan of the Warlord when the Warlord would it would get it quote unquote prime. So I really had no desire to see an independent show in 2018. That, is, that was a lot of it for me. 
Now, if you bring the power of Japan in for a photo op or something, I'm all about that just for nostalgia cake. But I don't need a game in the ring. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good there. Um. So from there, we come back from intermission. We've got another four-way. Matt, Nick. Did you Monic- hold on, before we get into that? Did you at least enjoy their pacing compared to CZW's pacing with match placement? Yeah, quite a bit actually. Okay. Okay, if you got two four-way matches, you can make the argument you shouldn't do two of them. But they're one start of the show, the other one started the second half of the show. Like they're four matches and an intermission in between. Yeah, I'm okay with that. You can yeah, you can you can get away with that the match if you're good. And I thought okay. both of the four ways were actually pretty good. Okay. Now continue. Okay. Uh, Matt Nick, Pat Monick, Drastic Boy, and Gringo Loco in a four-way match. Uh, it took about four minutes for all the dives to start. Vic wound up being an elimination match. Commentary didn't know it until the elimination started. It's just bad. It's just bad communication. Drastic actually pinned Matt Nick and Pat Monick within about 20 seconds of each other. Get the victory roll onto Gringo, but Gringo rolled backward into his own pin in about 8 minutes and 20 seconds. A little too short for elimination. I don't know if they were running long or what was going on here, but it felt like they were just getting going and then elimination, elimination, elimination. Yeah, uh, I would have spaced it a little bit better, but it's, I mean... And they must have been, uh, you know, Black Label Pro is infamous for running long now because uh, they have so much talent. Um, this card only was at two hours and 22 minutes. Uh, you figure they probably cut the intermission time out, which probably was 10 minutes. That's what they're what they usually run their intermission at is 10 minutes. So, I mean, you're really looking at two and a half hours total at this place. Uh, so I don't see why they were rushing to get through it. I mean, there, there's definitely a 30 minute window there that would fill for overtime or, you know, any overages, but. Okay. Well, being that they only like their fifth show though, maybe they didn't have that 10 minute intermission down yet. Who knows how long that intermission wound up going? Well, it's just that speculation on my part. I don't know, but it. It really felt like these matches in the second half were were kind of rushed through. From there, we go to our semi-main event in a Dasher Hatfield against T.W. Anderson. Two guys, you look at a matchup on paper and going, okay, Dasher Hatfield is mostly comedy and T.W. Anderson is mostly not how it's going to work. Well, it's mostly serious. It's like a pleasant surprise. I thought it was really. I thought this was really good. A lot of good technical wrestling. T.W. Anderson working on the arm. Yeah, Peyton picking up whenever Dasher Hatfield is on the offense. At one point, Anderson blocked the sunset flip into a cross arm breaker, which I thought was a sweet transition. Anderson ends up getting the pin with the spine buster. Ten minutes and nineteen seconds. This was probably my favorite match of the night just because there was some good technical wrestling on it with good old school work of body part. You know, body part coming into play late in the match. I, I enjoyed this one quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Of course you did. Did you not enjoy it? I thought it was fine. 
Okay. You want to elaborate or? No, nah, just it was a normal match. I don't know. Like there was nothing super stood out to me on this show. Uh, that's one thing I will say. Like the main event had some cool stuff in it, which we'll get to in a second. But nothing super stood out to me um, on this card. I don't know why I picked it. I just thought it was because I just hadn't seen it. So I figured why not? But uh, nothing super stood out to me. I mean, it was all, I mean, it was a lot of guys working hard, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like, I think maybe the main event was my favorite match of the night. I don't think I had a, a real standout favorite though. So yeah, yeah. there, there was nothing on this show that I'm going to tell you to go out of your way to see. They've got a lot of good stuff on here, but there's no blow away. You have to see this match with a four or five star classic or anything like that. I definitely agree with you on that. But it was an interesting watch and let's get to the main event and then we'll kind of do our overall review. And that main event, uh, because Tom Lawler is injured at this point, it cannot defend the black label pro world title. We're going to have a Game Changer Wrestling Championship match. It's advertised as Nick Gage against Teddy Hart. But Matt Warner comes out. going to keep one good shot. And it becomes a three-way. Yeah. So they both uh, double-team Mance Warner to start. I'll work him so over. Pre- about two minutes. Yeah, work him over pretty good. And then... Uh, Nick Gage goes for a pen, Teddy breaks it up, and then, yeah, it all goes crazy. The one thing I will say positive about Teddy Hart is his offense is really unique, but really good looking. Like, I really do enjoy watching yeah, watching his offense. Yeah, uh, it was uh, different. Um, doubt we'll see him very much anymore, but... Uh... <laughs> Nor should we, but we won't go into that. We're trying to keep things on a positive note here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it was interesting. I did like the the, the point where um, Mance was able to get a couple of his moves in that actually made sense. Uh, he hit Gage, and then he did the a knee pad up, knee pad down, and hit Teddy. Uh, that was pretty neat. So... Yeah. I like the finish a lot in this one, too. Nick Gage gets up a table inside the ring. He goes to powerbomb Matt Warner. Teddy Hart comes up, hits the blockbuster, puts him go through the table as well, and Gage kind of casually rolled Teddy Hart out of the ring, covers Matt Warner for the pen. <laughs> right, just, just how nonchalant Gage was. It's like, okay, thank you for helping me. Get the fuck out. So does that uh, make you think that Teddy Hart didn't want to take the pen, huh? I have no idea what goes into the into the into the booking or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, realistically, at the time this show started, that this show happened, Man Warner is just starting to make the name for himself. Teddy Hart can establish name, and usually in that case, you're not going to pin the established name. You're going to pin the guy. That, you're going to pin the guy that's kind of up and coming. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like uh, all of a sudden, it turns into a triple threat when Man's already had a match. And then Mance is the one that had to eat the pen. That to me, that screams that somebody didn't want to do the the job there. 
that may very well be possible. I don't know what goes into it. You, know, you, you hear stories about how Teddy Hart acts backstage, and you hear other stories where he doesn't act that same way. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's all speculation on my part. I, I honestly have no bearing going into that. So uh, that's just speculation. So overall, do you give this a thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down? Uh, I'm, I'm going to give it a thumbs up overall. Same. Uh, yeah, and yeah. again, nothing stands out. There's no blow-away match. It, oh, my God, you have to see this match. But nothing bad on this show. Everything is everything is solid or better. And I highly recommend, if you are interested in Black Label Pro, check out any other shows. Uh, two of my favorites, uh, Dropkicks and Dragons is one of them. Uh, that has Dan Housen versus Effie, which is one of my favorite matches from last year. Uh, also has uh, that aforementioned match with Kobe Durst and Ethan Page that was insane. So I definitely recommend that show. And also Slam Slamilton 2 from November of last year. Uh, that was a stacked, ridiculous card. I think I've seen it twice. I was there live for it. Uh, great surprises. Dan Housen was a surprise. Uh, was the highlight of the day for me. Uh, can't uh, say this enough. That company is awesome. Uh, I love them. I love the trip out there to see them every time. I uh, hope I can do it uh, down the road a bunch more times. I love it. Love Portillo's. Now, Black Label Pro, a company I would get 14 hours in a car for to go to a show. all right so uh just a little preview next week uh june 7th we will be reviewing a show from freedoms i don't know what exactly it's going to be yet but we will be doing that and uh is there anything else you want to plug before we get to the uh closing stuff here uh i i actually do uh, I am going to be a guest on June 25th on the Bearded Bastard podcast. Available at redlineradioll.com, the Redline Radio LLP app, and uh, live on their Facebook page as well. They've actually got Cameron inside the studio and do Facebook Live for that. So, oh, God, people are going to have to see you? Ugh. People are going to have to see me. Oh. The, divorce, the divorce rate in the internet land is going to go up and I'm going to take my shirt off. It's going to be fun. Oh, Jesus. You had you kept me up for it. I'm sorry. Of course, I, you you claim I did, but all right. <laughs> yeah, but that, that should be that should be a lot of fun. It's not a wrestling appearance, but with something fucking different. Excuse me for having <laughs> for, for doing a podcast with you every week. My bad. <laughs> Jesus. It, yeah, it's, it's actually gonna it's gonna be an in studio podcast. It's gonna get me out of the house for a little bit. I'm not looking forward to driving home at midnight. That the uh, podcast run 9:30 to 11:30 p.m. two hours. Make sure so I'm you not wear looking your, forward to driving home. <laughs> make sure you wear your mask in studio. Alco, <laughs> uh, Alco, as I mentioned last week, I have started the Twitch stream of Fire Pro Wrestling World based on the 80 WWF. I got three episodes done. I do have those posted on my personal Facebook page as well. If you want to check those out, probably doing that two or three times a week moving forward. Follow TFM Jayhawk on Twitch for though. You can also follow me on Twitter at PW Critique, Facebook and Instagram at Jayhawk1539. 
You can follow me at Charlie underscore Butters on Twitter and Instagram. And you can check out Facebook. (laughs) And uh, check out our podcasting friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, At Odds with Wrestling, and the Spotlight Series. And check out our other non-podcasting friends, Good Company in Cleveland, Ohio, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, and Pollyanna DIY. And that's actually that's actually the real reason and I don't that I don't want to go to Indianapolis for Game Changer Wrestling June twentieth in Toy Ohio and Book and Jane Barbecue can be cut up. Yeah, it's it's turning into a little uh a little uh reunion of sorts. So hopefully that still uh happens. I'm excited for that. Uh we thank you for listening. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, talk to us on Twitter at IWTV Guide uh, or Instagram at IWTV Guide. Let us know what you think. Uh, thank you for listening. Stay safe. Have a good week, everybody.